What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show presented by Corona Cigar. As always, I am your host, Kevin Shahan, owner of Cigar Prop, and I am coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Acid Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. And um, let's see who's in the chat panel. Jeff Carpenter, welcome for being first. Cigar Crazy 84, I read your message. So super awesome. Um, yeah, it's one, one thing, Corona Cigar. You can buy singles. You can make your own five packs. You can get whatever the hell you want. You're not limited to just buying boxes of cigars like a lot of other uh, big box retailers online. Pete F., what's going on? Cigar Man. Uh, George, what, is, what it be, what it be? Christopher. Uh, Danny, good to see you. Danny, Adam. Uh, let's see. Chad. Tom, we got a Facebook user. I'm not sure who that is. You didn't give StreamYard permission, so I can't see your name. And um, Dan, what's going on, Dan? Um, good to see you here virtually. It was good to uh, see you here recently as as well. So we're going to get right into the uh, the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. Um, tonight I am smoking, because of our guest, Evan Darnell with the Red Meat Lovers Club, I am smoking the original... The original, look at that cello browning up quite nice. The original first release, um, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Smoke In, and Red Meat Lovers Club uh, release. Um, I was at the release party. It was the first time um, I had met um, uh, Evan and got familiar with the other uh, Red Meat Lovers Club. Only the second time I had met Steve. Um, and uh, what, what a great event. I always uh, um, attribute that event right there um, to you're watching me right now. If it was, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for that event, the Red Meat Lovers Club event, I would most likely not be sitting here. That was, you know, I, I got a great interview with Steve. I got to sit down with so many great people and talk. And then that interview it's with Steve is actually still my number one most watched video on YouTube. And that kind of what took off um, the, the 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 social media empire that that we have created. And like I said, uh, well, we got Cigar Medic Humidimeter. Oh, right on 70% on the dot. And uh, this one's been in my humidor for a couple of years now. And I've got I've got like a half a dozen left. And as we're cutting and lighting these cigars, remember to make sure you download the Drew Diplomat app. Um, also make sure you fill all your lighters with uh, fuel. Let's see. Um, uh, smoke a Drew Estate Cigar, log into the app, upload the picture. Um, then you'll get points. You can redeem those points for entries in the cool Drew Estate uh, drawings for some kick-ass swag. they got a new website coming up soon to where you won't have to have the app anymore. I know the app's been finicky, so please, everybody. I, I can't get into the Drew Estate app. Um, I upgraded to the new Samsung Galaxy S20, and um, I am I am locked out of the app. So um, I'm just waiting for them to uh, have their new uh, their website up as well. 
So waiting patiently in the Experience Asset Green Room is Evan Darnell of the Red Meat Lovers Club. Uh, Evan, welcome to the ITAP That Cigar Show. I am happy to be here. It's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you, uh, cigars, meat. Yes, you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and we, we've, we've met a couple of times, uh, got to, but it's always at these events where we haven't got to sit down. I've always had so many questions. So I, I've got my 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 pack of pack of questions, talking points, notes, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll, we we'll all learn a little bit more about you. And hopefully anybody from the Red Meat Lovers Club that's watching tonight is going to learn something that they don't know about you. That's always my goal is the is to find out something that nobody else knows. I don't know if I've done it tonight. There's some things that, that I that that I have written down that I've never heard you yeah. speak of, so um, we'll we'll see. But um, we're gonna go back uh, to uh, um, the the start of this cigar right here, the Red Meat Lovers Club yeah. cigar. Um, how how did this all just come about? I remember the show vaguely with you and a Abe and copious oh, amounts of beef. So how did that all come about? I may have lost you for a sec. <laughs> oh, can you hear me now? I can. Okay. So basically, uh, uh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll start off. How, how did this uh, cigar come come about? I mean, I remember seeing you on Smoke In, yep. copious amounts of meat. Yep. And then how did that lead to a cigar? So it's, you know, there's a, there's a Jewish word. It's, it's, a, it's one of my favorites. It's called beshert, which means it's meant to be. I, I met Abe. And uh, we, you know, the way he tells a story and the way I tell the story is a little <laughs> different. But to make a longer story somewhat shorter is uh, I got Abe's uh, name from one of my neighbors who has worked for um, Altidus. I always call it Monte Cristo. But, uh, <laughs> my, friend, my friend Jill uh, Rubenstein, uh, Jill Myers Rubenstein, said when I moved down here, uh, I moved to Florida in August 2017. I met Jill almost immediately, and she said, uh, and I always talk to her about cigars and the love of, of meat, and uh, she said, you have to meet my friend Abe, and I went to go see Abe um, three weeks before The Great Smoke, which is about two weeks short of you can't even look Abe in the eye. Because he's, it's like, don't even make eye contact. Um, and what happened was, um, he said, come back after the great smoke, we could chat and have a cigar properly versus me, like, you know, in a thousand different thoughts. And that's what ended up happening. Even though I sat on his phone number, uh, for a few months and I ended up inviting Abe to one of our, uh, meetings and Abe, the way he would say would be, he didn't want to go, but he didn't want to say no. Uh, because he already said yes. And uh, what turned into I'll stop by turned into him staying for three hours <laughs> and really being impressed by what we do. Uh, from that one event, him being there, he became a regular statesman of what I call my, my people. And uh, he ended up coming to a few events. And I asked Abe, can I go on your show to help promote not just the Red Meat Lovers Club, 
in general, but I had, I'm sure I had an event that I was pushing because we do events once a month. And the shirt of it all uh, was the day that I went on Abe's radio show. It was on the radio back then. Uh, was the same day that Steve Saka was a guest. Oh, wow. And I went into Abe's studio armed with pounds of meat and whatever else things that I could grill. And Steve was there and, you know, it just, it was a, it was a good interview. I stuck around for the whole thing because I wanted, well, actually Saka was on first and I came on, but I was in the studio the whole time and nothing came from that except, you know, that was cool. And then I got a phone call. The show ended at noon. I got a phone call at around 4.30 p.m. It was Abe. And he said, I went out for a cigar after the show, which he normally does with his guests, and especially with one of his best friends, Steve Saka. And he said, I was talking to him about doing a, a cigar with you as my uh, micro batch, my limited edition micro blend of, of the year. And is that something you would be interested in? And of course, <laughs> yeah, who wouldn't want to, you know, have their name? I didn't know, honestly. Uh, I, I knew of Steve. I, obviously, I never met him. Yeah. And, um, but to me, uh, I mean, we could talk about this, but I, I look at Steve Sock as like a cigar smoker, cigar maker. Like he's really, you know, he's really just he's all about the cigar and all the nuances and the and the and the details. And I said yes as a leap of faith, not knowing what I was getting into, but knowing that you know my ego said, "How cool is this?" And um, you know, right here, this is the this is this would be in the Red Meat Lovers Club Hall of Fame. Yeah. This is this is the first ever, 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 ever first out of the box. Red Meat Lover Cigar ever. Oh, wow. Pack. And um, Steve signed it. I won't, I won't open those. Um, but um, I don't know if you remember, but, like, the first edition really was, like, it sold out a lot quicker than anyone anticipated. Um, and we were, like, blown away a little bit. We had that dinner together. You were there. Yeah. Uh, and everyone got a porterhouse. And it was just the start of something really cool. Um, and we had our own cigar. And now we're, uh, you know, now we have two sizes. Yeah. So, so yeah, two sizes. So, so you, you, you came back the second year. Yeah. And then you, you did the same cigar, the same yep. size. Yeah. And, the, and then the third year, which is this year. Yeah. Um, you, you did the meat box. Yeah, uh, which was the box press, which uh, which I have that cigar as as well, right here. Um, yeah, yep. And uh, and then and then tell us about the uh, the fourth because I've heard I heard grumblings of like the fourth is they're gonna try and do something different, but yeah. I haven't heard anything official. So do you have some word on? Here, here's the word. Okay. Here's the word. Um, so the fourth cigar is gonna be like. The meat, it's going to be the meat box right here. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, 
But so this is what you know how Abe has those crazy five dollar bets with everyone in the world. I don't think he's ever lost. Yeah, I could have. I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity to win a bet, and I didn't make the bet because two days before these cigars came out. Um, the second edition, so you know, like truth be known, it didn't sell. It sold out, but it didn't sell as quick as the first one. So we knew that we so we knew that we wanted to change it a little bit. You know, we don't want to completely, you know, get rid of it. Um, but Steve sent us like three or four cigars. The meat box press was obviously the one that we chose. I I I'm a I like box press cigars. I don't know why. You know, I just like the way it feels in my mouth. Oh, I agree. You no, know, versus my teeth, and I've always been, um, you know, a Padron fan forever. And um, so we we picked out this cigar. We smoked it, and we knew that we liked it. But in this was around March. 12th of last year the whole world is crumbling around us you know and we're like all right so we just we made the second edition had more there was more we made more boxes so we're like all right we we know we like this cigar how many boxes should we make and you know we just really had no idea what the world would look like um, come November, and you know, in hindsight, we didn't pick the right number because it just it sold out in two hours. Um, but that's okay because the people that got it, you know, what happened was it sold out in two hours, and the people that got it, you know, because they're buying it blindly. Obviously, no one smoked oh, yeah. a meatbox cigar. And they got it, and they smoked it, and it 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 really took off. You know, like the popularity like took it to the next level. So, Abe Abe's never done this before. You know, I love I love hearing a couple of things that Abe. You know, I guess the great smoke may have changed this, but you know, as far as limited editions go, it was the it was the fastest selling limited edition he's ever done. You know, oh selling, was it? Oh wow! Yeah, it was selling six hundred boxes in two hours is like. you know and i'm sure it crashed the website saka has been known to he's like a website murderer he he, Uh, it it did i i was i was on i was that guy that that was refreshing my screen and then yeah you know and it's oh my god so what we're doing is we're avoiding that and the best way to avoid that and again i love saying this but abe's never done this before and i like I like doing stuff that's never been done before is uh, he's taking, I believe it's going to be a two week window where come it's coming up soon. I think it's going to be, um, I don't know the exact date, but it's coming up in a couple weeks, two, three weeks, maybe four. Um, but he's telling the world, you want a red meat lover meat box? You can have it. You can order as many as you want. You can, Go on. You have a two-week window, so no one has to be there at their computer uh, until when they want. And 
you're going to be able to put a, I think it's like $25 deposit down. It's like prepaying for a reservation. Yeah. So you're buying a, essentially a $25 gift card only to be used for Red Meat Lovers Meat Box uh, coming out in November. So you're going to uh, be able to hold it. Then no one, no one is you know, attacking their computer. They can have inner thoughts on how many they really want. And then they're, you're going to be able to go and complete your purchase when Abe says. And uh, I learned today that Abe is also including on these cigars um, free shipping as well. Um, just as a little little thank you. And Steve, so we'll have a, you know, bottom line is we'll have a much better idea and clearer understanding of what the demand will be so we can be able to meet it. And um, we'll go from there. So, you know? so, you, so you sold 600 boxes in two hours. So yeah. with, with, with a, a pre-release and then people can be lackadaisical about ordering, I'm going to put in two weeks' time, he's not going to sell 500 boxes. I, I, I think I, that's, I'm going to put a number on that. I think a lot of times people get so psyched, so psyched, and they're, they're adding to their cart, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got it in. And I can't believe – and people are just crashing the website. They're trying all day. If they have time, they're like, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do right. it tomorrow. I'll do it well, tomorrow. We'll, well, we shall see. I'm yeah. curious. Like what's so interesting is it's really, it's really never – we don't know. Yeah. You know? that's the whole fun part you know like it was sort of like how you know i had a very minute part of the great smoke but at the same time no one knew you know it's like everyone sort of had an idea of what it would look like but at the end of the day you know you can never predict what would happen so same thing with these cigars i can tell you this that for for a 12 dollar stick I'm so I'm so proud of this cigar. You know, I, I'm I, I've got I've got a box. Le- I already went through one box. I'm gonna buy two more or maybe three more. Right. You know, and, I, and I'm not one of the guys that resell them. I'll I'll hang on to them and just smoke them. You know, I I've been reading about resellers. I have never maybe I've never looked. You know, like the thing about cigars and me at least is one. I I really don't have a place at home to smoke. Yeah. You know, I, I just don't smoke. I like to, I've always been like this. Um, I've always liked to smoke in cigar shops, cigar bars. And I, I also like to spend money in cigar shops <laughs> and cigar bars. Like I want to go there, pick out something, smoke it there. No, it's been, you know, well humidified. Now I have a, you know, a big vigilant, humidor so i don't have to worry about humidity issues but i used to back when i was living in new york and i uh so so you you got you got a you got a fancy one i've got the vigilant humidification device and then then we had the owner of vigilant on the show and uh um and those guys are artists it was a fantastic interview and what they do is just second to none yeah, uh, maybe one day I can. I, I I've seen some of their big, big cabinets, and they're and they're gorgeous. 
Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a secret. Here's something that you don't know. Um, the way that I, <laughs> the way that I got my humidor, it's like, and for people that are watching, it is literally the size of a dorm room fridge. Um, it probably holds maybe a thousand cigars. Um, I went over my friend's parents' house that just bought a beautiful, big, furnished, fully furnished house. In their basement, in their basement was a remote control holder, also known as a vigilant humidor. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who sold them the house left everything, everything, including the humidor. I said, do you know what that is? They said, no, we have no idea. That's where we keep our remote controls. It's a glass top pullout where you can have beautiful remote controls. They're like, wait, you smoke cigars, right? I said, yeah, I smoke cigars. They're like, do you want it? Do you want this? I don't even know how much it's worth. I'm guessing it's like a $10,000 humidor. They only make, you know, thousands of dollars humidors. Yeah, and this one's the custom one. Like, you can't, like, the guy designed it, like. Oh, God, yeah. You know? And I have this humidor now that I got from my friend's parents. So I didn't pay for it. Um, oh, my that, God. Yeah, that was uh, 12 years ago. It, it, it really is the nicest thing I own. Yeah. <laughs> Including, you know, I have a big house, but that humidor, there's something special about it. I love it. Man. Well, I've know. seen your Maserati or your old Maserati. Maserati's gone. The Maserati is gone. <laughs> I'm a Jeep Rubicon man. You're a Jeep a Jeep guy. How do you how do you go from a Maserati to a Jeep? I'll tell you why. Because when you're sporting a 20-inch neck, <laughs> the Maserati is made for metrosexual Italian men who can cross their legs and sip espressos. It is not meant for gorillas like me. So that thing was like, I don't know. I I maybe there was a weight limit on it and I just I mean, the thing was in the shop just too many times. Yeah. So I got rid of it. I'm a Jeep man now. So far, so good. Um, I got a nice Jeep. It has the one-touch roof, which I love. Oh, man. Um, so you, you, know, you know who a, a Maserati is made for? This, this person right here. This person, when I look at this person, and, and I just, it, just, just say, it just screams Maserati. That's that's who a Maserati is made for. Yeah, he. Uh, that's funny. Uh, he that guy is so funny. I. Uh, he he just uh, endlessly entertains me. He really does. He he, he does. He is. Uh, I I cannot wait to see because 
there's some kids like you kind of see by their parents what they're going to do, maybe what they're going to become. That kid right there, I don't have a fucking clue what that kid is going to do in life. I don't know. He is uh he when you get him, I'm I I went from I started with the McCallan 18. I'm going to continue with the McCallan 18. Um when when I first found out that that kid likes the camera, um, you know, nothing's rehearsed and he has no lines. I just give him a subject matter. I probably told him Slim Jims. And uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's a funny one. He's a very funny kid. That's funny. Thank you. Yeah, you're, oh, you're welcome. I he has you. his own Instagram. Meet, M-E-A-T dot Tyler dot com. He has two meet sponsors now. And they sent him meat because he does meat unboxings. And oh, wow. they are hilarious. It's it's the funniest thing. Do, does he does he uh, has he done the uh, YouTube unboxings for uh, for meat or no, he doesn't have his own YouTube channel. We just put it on Instagram and I put it on my stuff, but uh, I mean he's only nine, so there's like you know, well, 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 you know, like the, the the number one YouTube the, the person that made uh-huh. the most money last year was like a 10 year old that does unboxings. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's not normal. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not. And then, you know, and that kid's not doing meat unboxings. He's doing stupid toy unboxings. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, and that, that kid's not Tyler's, even funny. Tyler's a funny one. He really, he just entertains me endlessly. You know, I, uh, I, I see that in Abe and his son too. Um, so, you know, it's like there's just some kids that, don't mind being filmed and there's, you know, he's just, I don't know. He's the, like I say, he's the only person in the world I would trade spots with. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the only one. Yeah. He is a lot. So I, I don't know what he's going to be. He's going to be, he's going to be married to a supermodel. That's all I know. I, you know? I don't know what it's going to be. It's just, <laughs> I'm curious too. We'll follow the journey together. Yeah, that's it. We will follow the journey. So let, let's go all the way back to the to the beginning. So people, so a lot, people may not understand like what yeah. Red Meat Lovers Club it it is. Yeah. What, what exactly is the club? And yeah. then how did how did you guys get started? So I back back in the day, um, I'm turning 45 tomorrow. Uh, back in the day, 1990. I went to I went to college in New Orleans at Tulane, and as soon as I got there, I was eating lunch in the UC, and I saw like one of those table tents. It said "Save Students Advocating Vegetarian Eating." That was something that I needed to combat. <laughs> I started that year, my freshman year. I was I was officially recognized as a real club at Tulane from 94 to 98, the Red Meat Lovers Club. I was the secretary of steak back in the day. And we had meetings also. The difference was that our events were $7. All you can eat burgers, baked potatoes, and draft beer. Okay? That's a good deal right there. Good deal. Beer, very inexpensive in New Orleans, and uh, especially back in 94. So that went on. You know, I still have my first edition. Wait, I have a, I have a prop right here. This is the article. I, I think I put it on our Instagram today. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Red Meat Lovers Club takes its first bite. 
This is from October 6, 1995. And um, I, I had the club. It, you know, it's, it basically died when I graduated. Um, 1990, so I graduated in 98, and immediately I got into the New York City restaurant game, running restaurants in high, fancy, schmancy places. And I had amazing, you know, uh, an amazing restaurant career from 98 to basically 2016, 17, um, running restaurants and owning restaurant with a celebrity chef named Carla Hall, who's on the t who was on the TV show The Chew. Not not, not only a celebrity chef, but a runway model herself. Yeah, yeah, and I've been called a runway model as yeah. well. <laughs> and um, Carla and I, I thought I hit the, the jackpot. You know, I, I basically talked to one of the most famous chefs, certainly the most famous African-American chef in the country, to open up her first restaurant with me. And we served Nashville fried chicken in Brooklyn. We had a couple spots. Um, and quite frankly... I wanted to own a restaurant my whole life until I owned a restaurant. Yeah. You know, one of those things. Like, I always thought it was, that was my dream. And, it, you know, it turned out that, you know, I'm, I was so happy with the way the restaurant looked. The food was great. Um, but we put it in the absolute cheapest location we possibly could find in Brooklyn, New York. And just between that and, you know, a couple other things, it didn't work. So this is like night, uh, 2016, and in 2017, uh, my wife and I were talking, and my wife is a, she works for a company called Rodan and Fields, which is a skincare multi-level marketing company, and she's very successful in what she does. She's very smart, and she does a great job. And we said to ourselves, we had a real adult conversation saying, look, we're in New Jersey. We moved to New Jersey. We were, I was living in Manhattan for 16 years. And then we moved to New Jersey for like three. And we said, where do we want to live? You know, my wife hates the cold with a passion. And we always knew we love Florida. And we moved here August 1st, 2017. August 17th. 2017, I was at a uh, new, new to the community, you know, it was a, it's all a new community, so everyone was new, and we found out that you could start clubs in our community, and, you know, there was a bunch of guys my age, our age, and uh, we knew we were going to be friends, right, you know, we're all new, but we're like, fuck, we know that, you know, there's these 20 guys are good guys and we're, we're going to like each other for a long time. So I said, I have a club. I had it in college. Let's do this. It's called the red meat lovers club. September 30th, 2017, 14 guys. I rented a, uh, I got a limo and we all went to a place in Fort Lauderdale called Chima. It was 14 guys. All, it was an all you can eat Redizio anyway. And I set up the beverage program. It was all you can drink. And we're like, oh, man, that was fun. Let's do it again. Last yeah. Thursday of every month, let's do this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
So the next month, so there was 14 guys in September 2017. October 2017, it was 19 guys. And we're like, all right, let's do something at our clubhouse. Um, and it was 54 guys. Okay. That's our third event. I'm like, wow, this is great. We do a couple more events. I rent out a barbecue place. We do other things. This is when the club changed. I'll tell you when it was. It was April 2018. <coughs> I found out that one, oh, March we went to Tampa for the first time. That was our trip. We went to Burns and the Yankee game. We had a couple suites there. But when the club changed in my mind was April 2018. I found that one of my friends' son, I never knew him, passed away years before, and he had a foundation named after him. That week, in April 2018, in a night of Floridian Wagyu, <laughs> I had 70 guys in a room, and I said to myself, I'm going to get up on a chair, and I'm going to auction off a dinner for eight that I'm going to do. I'm going to cook. I mean, I was in the restaurant business. I was never a chef, but I know how to grill. And my friend who was on the New York Giants was pouring his wine there, and I'm going to auction off some of his footballs that he autographs. And we raised $4,800 in seven minutes. Wow. On a whim. Okay? Like, wow, that, you know, that felt really good. I'm going to put, you know, we're putting 70 guys in a room. You know, they're not bidding on the dinner they're bidding on to win yeah yeah <laughs> right they, they don't care they just want to make sure everyone knows that they won the next month one of my neighbors is a basketball player lisa leslie she was in a movie called uncle drew okay with kyrie irving who's a basketball movie that came out in 2018 the Red Meat Lovers Club did the movie premiere where I sold tickets to the movie at an up, you know, and more more money than what we paid. And I had an auction in a room that had 240 movie guests. And in one night we raised $54,000. In one night. One night. Okay. I'm like, this is insane. What the Red Meat Lovers like we're putting these guys in Everyone's having a great time. They're drinking their McAllen 18. They're, you know, a lot of our guys, you know, they're not hardcore cigar guys. Yeah. You know, they're just occasional smokers, but the occasion is the red meat lovers. Oh, I'll, I'll have one, which I have a feeling is why, you know, a lot of our, you know, cigar partners absolutely adored, adore working with us. It's because they're converting people to cigar smoking. And you, you look, yeah, that was my first cigar. I liked it. I'll stick with that. So we, um, since April 2018, we've raised well over 430 about. I sort of lost track, which is so weird. But um, we've raised about over, you know, around 400 something thousand dollars for charities. And the way that we do that, is not through tickets, it's through auction. And it's through silent auction, it's through raffle, it's through live auctions. You know, a couple times, um, 
you know, which brings like a, I think only two events I've ever donated a portion of the tickets. One happens to be coming up with Corona Cigar as I'm looking at their logo um, on March 18th. Um, we could talk about that in a second, but I really enjoy the sport of raising money for great foundations. I, I, I love I love you said it like that. The sport of raising money. That just, you know, that just embodies the uh, the passion of, of what of what you do. It's the yeah. sport of rate. I've never heard anybody say that before, and I absolutely love it. Well, it's I'm pretty competitive. Like I don't like, I don't like to disappoint, you know, like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bring on these charity partners, and I'll tell you, I have like if I would say half the events, I shed a tear at least once. Definitely every single time I've ever given out a live Make-A-Wish, you know, to a sick kid, which we've done three times, there's something ridiculously moving about it. Um, I like I like to give the charities the opportunity to take advantage of the club. I want, you know, having um, people come together over amazing – look, I am a – like you, I am a, I'm a, I'm not a, I don't smoke as many cigars as I used to, but every single one I love, like, it's so good. I, I just love everything about it. Um, but I want the charities to like have the ability to do what they do. You know, um, I have favorite charities, you know, this I've learned, you know, the bigger the charity doesn't really mean like, I like working with charities where I match their excitement with our excitement. Yeah. You know, and it's really, you know, I've, we've done some amazing, amazing things. Um, we have, so we have different chapters, right? So we went from doing it only in South Florida to doing it in other parts of the world. Um, New York city was our first, um, our first chapter, you know, that we did outside of South Florida, because obviously I have a big restaurant network up there. So we did like, uh, we rented out the second floor of Peter Luger's. Um, we also coupled that with renting out the cigar lounge Davidoff opened up next door to them. And we took over that place. Uh, that was, uh, for make a wish. Uh, that night I was auctioning off something. The bidding went like this. It was, this has never happened. First and only time where the bidding was when it was a, with a burger tour with a famous guy named Nick Solaris, who is a um, meat influencer, if you will. <laughs> uh, it went 600, 700. And then the well-dressed guy on my left, who I never met before, but found out about our club um, raised, it just yelled out 10 grand. Wow. Yeah, because he's like, look, I want that tour, and I want to write a check for Make-A-Wish. So at Make-A-Wish, every every wish is 5000 you know. That's oh. how they do it. And, uh, yeah, we raised uh, 10000 that night, and we had an amazing dinner. You know, the different – it's funny because, like, the when we do these different events, and I want to expand, not just my neck size – um, I want to, you know, create different clubs 
throughout the country, and we are well on our way to doing that. Um, had a hiccup with COVID, but we're going to recover stronger. Uh, I like to do different clubs and then plant chapters there and do three, three to four events a year in all these different cities. So, um, you know, we have our first stand, I call them stand, like we were going to Tampa three years in a row. And uh, this is our fourth year going to Tampa, essentially the same week. Catch um, a Yankee game and, you know, eat at either Burns or Charlie's. Um, but just as important as those two things, it's going to the upstairs loft of Davidoff. Yeah. Tampa, which is such a cool room. Uh, to me, Davidoff, Tampa, like the bar itself is to me the most beautiful bar in the country. The way that they display the McAllen, I, I, I tell my friends, anyone who listen, like they have McAllen on draft. Yeah. <laughs> it's like unheard of. But what they did with that place is so pretty. It, 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 it's beautiful. I tell everybody if if you're if you're anywhere near Tampa, you got to stop yeah. and get off of Tampa. And uh, and I was nervous uh, going there the first time um, because I, I googled it. You know, I saw pictures of it. I saw the plaza that that it's it's in. You know, you're walking up to Davidoff, and then you, you know you, it's not uncommon to see a couple of Lamborghinis sitting there. You know, some Porsche, Ferraris, Maserati, and then it's like. You know, and and I, I walk in, and there's women in these dresses that are thousands of dollars, and and then, but it's one of those places. It, money is not a, it's not a defining. They don't, they don't define who right. who walks in. You know, it's just, and then there's just me, yeah. and they treated me, and they, and at that time, my first time there, they didn't know who I was. Right. I well, I was really kind of nobody then, but man, I got treated just as good as anybody else. Yeah, our selection. Then I've been back. I've been upstairs, you know, rolling cigars with Steve Saka. You know, a great event upstairs, and yeah, um, it, it's it's fantastic. It just Jeff runs a, a a great a great lounge over there. And there and what you know, I used to I started my career in beverage management. Um, so like Tommy really does a great job like picking out those single barrels. Man. You know, they really have. It's really a button-up operation, and you could tell, like a lot of time has been spent not just in in the store, but a lot of time has been spent outside researching and gathering all these very unique single barrels, where they sell it at retail pricing, which is mind-boggling to me. That like you gotta love Florida for that. Um, it's um, it's just really a special spot and. Which brings me to talk about this really cool event we're doing. Yeah, Mar- March 18th. What, what March 18th. Yep. I call it Davidoff Steakhouse. So <laughs> it won't be it won't be Davidoff Cigar Lounge that night. It will be uh, Davidoff Steakhouse. And uh, and oh, here, here's another. See, this is a fact. Here, you want a fact that no one knows about me? My grandfather. My grandfather, my dad's dad, um, his last name was Davidoff. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? And, yeah. So 
he uh Jewish guy, Long Island, he owned a hardware store, Ace Hardware Store. And they're like, ah, oh, it's a little again, we live in a different world right now. But back then they're like, oh, it's a little a little too Jewish. He changed it to Darnell. And I so my my grandfather's last name growing up was Davidoff. Yeah. So there you go. It was it was meant to be. It really was. And so you know, like so during like you know, the, there was the cigar boom nineties. <laughs> I moved to New York City in nineteen we'll come back to the Davidoff Tampa, but just so you know, cigarsteak.com brings you directly to our tickets. Oh, okay. Uh, for that event. Uh, but growing up in New York City, I, well, I, I didn't grow up in New York City, but I definitely matured in New York. Um, I, 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 I am so lucky. Like you're looking at someone that got lucky when it comes to like falling into amazing clicks in the cigar world, early aged. So, yeah, because you uh, you grew up in New Jersey, right? I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. Jersey yeah, you grew up about I think an hour from my from my wife. She she grew up in Edison, or she yep. was born in Edison, yep. and she says same thing. She matured like in well, I don't know if she's ever matured, but uh, in in New York as well. So, yeah, well, I I graduated in '98. I moved directly to Manhattan. Um, I'm lucky that I got my grandparents' apartment for six months a year while they lived in right here in Florida, right 15 minutes from where I'm standing. Um, and the other six months when they would come back, I would have to find like housing, temporary housing. Well, um, you, we'll back up a, uh, just a quick second. How did you go from New York to Tulane? Why not stay in New York? No, no, no. I, I went from New Jersey to Tulane. Yeah. Well, well, and then I graduated Tulane in 98. Why Tulane? I mean – New Orleans is like the greatest city in the history of the world. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I I went I visit it came when I was making my choice back in the day, you know, in high school, I visited Syracuse. It snowed during spring break. <laughs> that was not for me. I went to GW and it seemed like a really cool school, but I was like I don't know if I'm digging Washington DC. Then I visited Tulane, and I went down during uh, – they have this race called the Crescent City Classic. It's their big running race. And at the end of the race, you know, it ends in Audubon Park. They had the radiators playing. They had tubs tubs of uh, beer uh, and, and Abita beer trucks. And I said, this, is just, this just feels good. And then I've always been into food. You know, who isn't, but like I, you know, I've always had a passion for it. And my, I remember like my high school professors, like, not my high school, my high school teacher was like, oh, Tulane's the best academically. I said, all right, I'll go, you know. And what a great decision that was, you know, just living in, um, living in New Orleans. I didn't go to like restaurant school, but I went to business school. Living in New Orleans, you learn more about hospitality taking care of people, treating friends like family, the whole culture of New Orleans. Cigar, so I got into cigars in college 
um, at a place called Dos Jefes, which is still there. They have Dos Jefes Cigar Bar on Chapatula Street uptown. And I would study in a corner smoking cigars. And I remember I haven't seen this cigar in 20 years, but I remember like the big fancy cigar that I would buy for 12 bucks was it called an El Sublimado. And it was like a bourbon infused cigar. I didn't, it was delicious. And I, I smoked a lot of Fonseca's back in the day. And, uh, it was just a, a good a good culture of cigars and eating. And then when I graduated there, I went right into restaurant management. And I moved to moved to New York at like 22 years old. By 23 years old, I was a regular regular on 57th and Park Avenue at uh, Alfred Dunhill Cigar Shop. Okay. And it was... I was the young kid, and I was surrounded by business titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, I had keys to guys' lockers. You know, like they did not. It was. I learned the art of sharing a cigar. Like I texted this to someone today. I sent them a couple. I sent them a Red Meat Lovers Club cigar, and uh, because people, you know, like I got to try it. I was like, who am I to say no? I if I have it, you have it. Yeah. And I said to him, and I'd never written it, but I told him, like, I get as much pleasure about sharing a cigar as I do smoking it. I, I agree. I had a, a buddy of mine that created me a sticker the other day, and he's like, you know, I'm like, hey, how much do you need and want for it? And he's like, just uh, one cigar. It's more than what I have in the material. And I went through my humidor. I bet I gave him eight cigars. Yeah. What is this? I go, I just – You've never, I know you've never had this. I want to give you this. I want you to try this, 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 and this. And it's just something about just giving out cigars and seeing that that look and that joy in their in their face yep. when they when they when they smoke it. Um, so now, when you came back to New York, and we'll get we'll get back to Jeff in the, yeah, in the yeah. event. Um, did you? Because uh, you were an operating partner, PF Chang's. Also, I was. I was <laughs> living in Manhattan. Okay, uh, PF Chang's guy. <laughs> So what happened was what it, that was such all right. That job saved so many things in my life. So what happened was in New York, I don't know, two thousand and eight. Okay, New York City is crashing. There's like a legit recession. I got terminated from my job. I was, you know, running a restaurant. The owner's brother needed a job. He got my job. So I was out of work for six months, and I had a one-year-old, right? And I was like, holy cow. Like the, Everyone's getting laid off in New York. There's not a lot of money being spent in restaurants. The whole banking is for shit. And... I interviewed with P.F. Chang's, and it went well. And I was hired, like it was a rare thing that you would get hired as a general manager of a P.F. Chang's. You normally, they like to promote from within. I got lucky where this P.F. Chang's was literally on the water facing Manhattan, which is the best view of Manhattan. It's not even in Manhattan. It's looking at it from the water. Uh, from New Jersey, 
and I reverse commuted. I had a car and I would drive, you know, and it was like literally four miles from where I lived. You know, it was just, it's just weird, you know, that you have to cross a body of water to get there. Yeah. And uh, that P.F. Chang's, we, I'm still friendly with the CE, was the CEO of P.F. Chang's. Um, it was such a turnaround that we led the country in their favorite category for restaurants to lead, which is year over year sales growth. Yeah. That's like big restaurants really judge themselves. And my store led the country in that category. And that really, you know, working for a big company like that, real, they really just break you down and build you back up. You know, they teach you how to run a business. Whereas independent restaurant world, it's like, you know, you make it up as you go. P.F. Chang's, you don't make anything up. Oh, yeah. The rest world, I mean, it's day by day, you know, as long as your Wednesday was better than Tuesday. and yeah. They have their own ways to run a restaurant, which are the right ways. And it taught me a lot. I had a great boss. And I was there for, I think, le- a little bit less than two years. The, the commute wasn't great. You know, like I didn't love driving. You know, being in the New York, in in Manhattan, you're not. We always had a car, but it wasn't really to drive, except for the weekend. You know, back to my my in laws' house or my parents' house. So, I uh, I got a really cool gig, and they were impressed with the PF Chang's background. You know, the combination between independent restaurant tour plus having the corporate background of doing things you know, professionally, for lack of better words, uh, really um, got me uh, a really cool gig that turned into something else, which turned into something else. And uh, But, yeah, P.F. Chang's, I will always be indebted to those egg rolls. Uh, And I am uh, pretty good on the walk because when you run a P.F. Chang's, as a manager, they put you in the kitchen for the first eight weeks. Oh wow! And even though you'll never like, I never worked a shift on a on a line uh, at PF Chang's, but I knew, you know, just in case if the place blew up, I could I could walk up some uh, Mongolian beef. Yeah, I, I, I started my career as a busboy, and then to a waiter, and then uh, uh, a line cook, and then. Um, 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 like the lowest level chef that they have, you know, but uh, yeah, that's, I started my career, you know, so yeah. business is a whole separate, you know, and then, then eventually bar manager, which I loved. Yeah. You know, that was just, that's, I loved uh, it too. It was such a great opportunity for a young job right there. I agree. And the thing about working in the restaurant business, obviously it shaped the red meat lovers club, the red meat lovers club, you know, in the beginning it was just like, doing cool stuff, you know, and then that morphed into like the more tickets we sold, the more money I had in the kitty to spend on events. You know, I think the reason why our events became popular or have become popular is because we basically put every penny back into the event. So I don't make money on events. I, you know, it's a, you know, business 
through, you know, somebody like you. You know, it's like it's all about sponsorships. You know, yep. be the official blank and blank of the Red Meat Lovers Club. You know, and my job is to work for the sponsors to make sure that they not only have a really cool event that they could be proud of, they can uh, latch on to our philanthropy. Our philanthropy is their philanthropy. Uh, but the money is spent on – the ticket money is spent on the event, you know, just to make sure it's like – as cool as it possibly can be. Our events that you have been to are not our normal events. You know, we're not normally so here's a new word. I don't even this is not a word. I'm gonna make up a word right now. They're like very cigar, you know, our events that you've seen are very cigary. Yeah. Um we always again, but we always have cigars. Um and we've had I gotta thank, 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 thank. Um, you know, Alec Bradley has, you know, just what they've done for our events is incredible. La Florida Minicana, uh, with John, John Carney, obviously him and I see very similarly, uh, which is normally big plates of meat. Yeah. Um, Davidoff has been incredible to us. Casa de Monte Cristo. Altidus was the first OG, and obviously um, Steve, and actually, and you know, Terrence Riley has done an event. Juan from Protocol has done an event. You know, it's not lost on me <clears throat> that these companies have believed in our in our club so much that they've given us product that costs them money. You know, so. yeah, and even your your events that are cigary, you know, it's um um. They're not really cigar centric. It really is does really you know boil down to the charity. It boils down to the food. Yeah. You know, I remember being at the red the the original Red Meat Lovers Club. You know, release. Yeah, uh, I'm chatting with you know with, with a with a guy that was there. You know, and um, asked him what he was smoking. He's like, oh, the Liga Pravada T52. And I'm like, oh, is that is that why you're here to see you know Steve? And I was with my buddy Aaron at the time, and uh, and he goes, I, I don't know who that is. And I go, well, that's a Steve Saka, I mean, he blended the T-52. This is his event. And he's like, guys, here for the food. And he goes, you know, and I asked him, like, like, why he smokes that cigar. And he goes, well, at one time someone told, and it really is, you know, one of the best cigars out there. Yeah. This was the best cigar. I want to smoke the best cigar. Yeah. He smoked the T-52. He loved, but he wasn't an avid cigar. He wasn't a nerd like me, you know, and it, you know, but he, it was really all about the, you know, the, the atmosphere, hanging out, you know, eating, smoking a cigar, and exactly. cigar events aren't cigar centric. You know, they're you know, it's really about everything else. I like to I'd like to say that we're just doing cigar dinners. I wouldn't say better, but we're doing cigars dinners differently. No, like, you're, you're doing them better. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's like I so when I was in college, I remember. The first cigar dinner, the real cigar dinner I went to was at Ruth Chris, put on by the Tinderbox in Metairie, Louisiana. And I remember going there. It was a $125 ticket back in 1997. And that was like all the money I made at the bar. I used to work at a bar. And I was like, but I want to go. And I met a couple people there. I was like, that was the greatest event ever ever you know like i just you know i was hanging out with like executives and it felt really good 
and I was like, this is something that I want to be part of. So living in Manhattan, Davidoff always killed it on great events. You know, it's like, you know, obviously I was on the great smoke for a minute, um, but I'm standing, you know, it was so, it was so weird. I was like, I whispered, you know, uh, Mike Harclocks was next to me and, uh, I was like, Mike, isn't this crazy? I've known Mike for 20 years. Oh, I, I didn't know you uh, You knew Mike from uh, – uh, I had known him. I'm, I can, I'm proud to say I knew him a little bit before pre-Davidoff. I oh, met him wow. his first week at Dunhill. He came in, and I remember talking to him, you know, and then he started working with Davidoff, and I went to Davidoff all the time. I'd seen Mike five times a week for years, you know, and then he went to Nat Sherman. I stayed at Davidoff. Um, but you know, I bump into him at Nat Sherman here and there, but it was just so cool that like, that to me is like, that's the, that's the good stuff is I, I like meeting people more than I like cigars. I'll say it, you know, like I love the people I have met in cigar lounges are just such interesting, good people. I'm so hat like they become, you know, I have a handful of really good people they're just like they're like our old school, you know, crew. You know, it's funny. Like in cigar lounges, I'm sure you know this. Like, there's like the morning crew, you know, yeah. the afternoon crew, and the and the evening crew. I was always like a morning crew kind of guy, but there, you know, just through like you know Davidoff Time Warner Building, Davidoff Madison Avenue, um, Davidoff Madison Avenue. I was running a, the main restaurant of Bloomingdale's uh, working for a chef named David Burke, who is just a, an amazing chef. And I had to be at work at 9.30 a.m., which was five and a half blocks away from Davidoff Madison Avenue, which opened up at 8 a.m., <laughs> And I was at Davidoff Madison Avenue at 8.05 a.m. because sometimes I would beat the manager there, whose two kids uh, worked with me at the restaurant that I ran, which is, which is always a good thing. And I've always had just really just fascinating, great ex- restaurant – or not restaurant, cigar shop – cigar shops as my home base – you know, it's you, you always meet the greatest people. And um, I have met, you know, I've been to, to like the smallest cigar shops in the country. I've been to some of the biggest, you know, um, and, and people are just so friendly. They're so uh, they're so giving, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I've been you know, like, hey, what are you smoking? You know, and they'll tell you, I'm like, oh, I've seen that. And, you know, I've, I'll, have to, I'll have to get that next time. And next thing you know, they walk in the humidor, they buy yeah. one. Give it to you. No, I want. Here you go. Try that, and then I've gotten some of the greatest business advice. You know, just talking with you know, and people want to know what I do, and I'm like, oh, here's what I do, and you know, and then telling you know, if I'm having an issue or I I can't find a vendor or manufacturer, there's always been someone like, hey, I I know a guy, right? Call call him. Tell. Make sure you tell him he's backed up years. Make sure you tell him I sent you. You know, you call that guy and like, oh, he said, you know, that's and then you then you come to find out that the guy you're talking to is, you know, worth, you know, a billion dollars. And it's yep. like, you know, wh- why did why cigars did, are the great equalizer of people? You know, so many times I've, I've asked myself, like, 
why did that guy give me the time? I mean, that guy is like I said, a billionaire. He's a hundred mil, whatever, but yeah. he, gave, he gave me the time, you know, he gave yeah. me a connection and that's just what, that's just what cigars do to people. 100%. It, it is the greatest uh, equalizer. So, so coming all the way back. So what is, yeah. what is this fundraiser at Davidoff of Jimmy, yeah. uh, Jeff, Cor- uh, Jeff Borshowitz, owner of Corona cigars, sponsor of the show. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pronounce her name as, as, awfully as um she's ever been called but so i talked to them right Uh, last time i was there we were there in february right before you know the world came to a a pause and um we had we were upstairs i was cradling a pappy 25 year old bottle like a baby (laughs) and i said i'd love to do something here and we said yes so i never really thought like it would happen because it's a little bit of a you know like a pipe dream a little and then i reached out again a few months ago about three four months ago kept in touch with tommy who is one of the managers there and i said i want to come to tampa to do something you know it seems like eventually the world's going to open up again especially in north florida which is a lot different than the rest of the country oh yeah and uh, he said, let's do it. I'll speak with Jeff. Jeff and I have corresponded a little bit. And uh, obviously, you know, I know that that guy is obviously, you know, super smart and the real deal um, and well-respected, obviously, by Abe, which, you know, you know, if he's respected by Abe, which I know he is, um, I'll take that as you know he's been vouched for, and yeah, you know, I was like, I, you know, I just love the Dav- everything Davidoff. I've been, I've had a thousand different experiences with Davidoff, so we ended up coming up with March 18th as the day, and the way that we picked the charity is one of their workers um, was stricken with breast cancer, and I said, wow, that's obviously awful, but let's do what we can do. Let's do it in a Red Meat Lovers Club way to raise money for her fight. That's going to be our charity. And normally, I've only, there's only one other time, the most of money I've ever raised in one night was $104,000 in one night in February, almost a year ago to the day, um, because it was one person and everyone wanted to help her. So, Najua Larawi. I pronounced that wrong, I'm sure, but uh, yeah. Yeah. she um, she's going to be our beneficiary of the night. And the, again, the way that we raise money, and we're um, we're ch- um, basically, I believe it's a, uh, fifty dollars of every ticket is you know going to her, and we're going to have our auctions. So you know things like what you've you're going to give us to auction off. Yeah, we've got, in, in case anybody's interested, so what we got, we've, we've got, um, 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 and I used to make these. These are these are copper pipe signs. This one says hope. These are actually made all copper pipe. I did the uh, uh, the patina myself. They're gorgeous, clear-coated. Um, this one is sitting on like a two-inch piece of uh, lumber. This is actually from, this lumber is actually from, um, a barbecue restaurant uh, in Sarasota that that closed down. The the owner had some ill health, 
didn't have any family. It's like a 30-year-old barbecue joint, so Red Meat Lovers Club, this is definitely good. So we've got, um, we've got a few of these signs. Um, we've got one that, that I was going to keep for myself. Um, this, is a, um, this one says cigars, same copper pipe. Um, this, is a, whoop, this is from a 100-year-old barn uh, in Connecticut. Um, and like I said, we're, so we're donating. I got eight of these signs um, that we're going to donate to the Red Meat Lovers Club for this event. And they're, they're absolutely beautiful, um, all hand done by me in-house. Um, and um, so we're, we're going to donate those and hopefully raise some money for this this good event. Yeah. So it's going to be a battle. We're having a Royal Rumble, if you will. We're having Wagyu. Uh, we're going to do the Australian Wagyu. One course versus, you know, American Prime on another course. And now, we'll have, we'll have a contrast. Yeah, what is the difference between those two beefs? Well, it's the cattle. It's the cat. You know, it's the type of cattle and the way it's raised. You know, wagyu is really meant to get extra marbleized. That breed really um, takes on a lot of intramuscle marbleization, which so, leads so it's, to it's a breed of cattle. It's not the yeah, way they're yeah. not fields. Not the way they're raised and fed. It well, is a breed. It's 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 both. It's both. Okay. You know, um, it's both. You know, Japanese obviously has their famous, you know, Wagyu Kobe meat. You know, it's fed beer, massaged. You know, it's hundred bucks a pound. We actually have a ticket in at cigarsteak.com where you can buy. I'm gonna do the Wagyu course. So there's gonna be like there's five courses. The salad course is a pig. A huge, you know, boom, nine, nine, ten inch uh, pig in a blanket because there's never enough pigs in a blanket at any event I've ever been to. So we make it into a like it looks like a Chateau Briand. It, <laughs> it's uh, it's a pig in a uh, it's a pig in a blanket, you know. So I call it a pig in a comforter, <laughs> and. Uh, so we're doing that as our salad course, and then we're starting off. I got the menu right here. Uh, so we're going to have as apps a bacon tree, which I've done before. Abe talks about my bacon tree a lot. I'm bringing back the bacon tree, which is essentially a laundry. I buy it on Amazon. I always throw them away at the end because they get gross, but like it's like a laundry where you put your laundry on, like wires around, like a tree. Oh, okay. You put like towels on it. I put clothesline bacon. And uh, so we're going to have stuffed meatballs, gold, fil uh, filet mignon cheesesteaks, and pastrami rubens. That's like the amuse. That's the first little bites. And then the salad course is a pig and a comforter with uh, spicy mustard. Then we're going to do um, – Wagyu course, then we're doing a prime meat course, and then we're doing um, I, I just a slab of cheesecake. And um, Tommy has set up with McAllen that they're going to be, you know, pouring out some McAllen throughout the night. Jeff is uh, throwing in a Florida Sun Grown um, cigar. And uh, we're going to be having live auction 
I won't be nervous that day, and I will. Uh, I'll extract, extract the money for uh, our friend who's battling cancer. So, hopefully, I put a. Uh, I'll throw it out into the universe because I like throwing numbers out. Because if I don't hit it, then you can all make fun of me. Uh, but I hope to raise uh, fifteen thousand that night for um, for her. Um, and you know, it's like it's it's like I you know our events are. It's all about being united in causes. You know that's what I say all the time. Together as a Red Meat Lovers Club, there's nothing we can't do. We have three thousand people in our club. You're telling me that we can't get anything like anything is possible with our club, and um, including making my favorite cigar ever, um, including. Um, you know, raising a ton of money, including helping people get jobs, including um, I need a guy, you know, always having that I know someone sort of mentality, let me help you. Um, together, going in the same direction, you know, uh, I, I, I can't imagine a better place to be as a club member, you know, like, it's cigars, it's steak, it's business, it's philanthropy, all the things that should be important to people. It's family. Um, you know, tomorrow, like another example, like tomorrow's my birthday. Once a month, I'll. So starting tomorrow, for the first time in a year, I did this for 20 straight months. I had a lunch. You know, it's meet our sponsors. Because without our sponsors, you don't have a show. I don't have a club because I, there's no such thing as a red meat lovers club without sponsors. I'm sure there's no such thing as your show yeah. prop without sponsors because you can't, you got to make a living. You got to, you know, you got to put food on the table, you know, and if it, if I had to go to run a restaurant every single day, I don't have time to create. So tomorrow is one uh, we're bringing back for the first time since February um, our lunches we do once a month, we'll do a, a free ticketed event, not ticketed. I'm sorry, just a free event. Um, and tomorrow, uh, we're doing at one of our sponsors, mattress shops, Hastings mattresses, which are beautiful and high end. Um, I've been, I've been looking at those cause we, it's time for a new mattress. It's, uh, um, and, and, and I am not one to, to spend. We're going on a walk together. Yeah, the least amount of money. Like the, the mattress I'm sleeping on right now, yep. it's about seven years old. So it's about time for a new one. Yep. It's a $5,000 mattress. It's uh, it's going to get a little dark in here. A little, yeah. it's a little, so little sexy. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a $5,000 mattress. Yeah. It is a $15,000 starting mattress. Oh, God. <laughs> it is an absolute fortune. But the way that I describe the mattress is if they put a cloud in a vice and they put it into um, mattress. Well, I think I think we may have I think we may, may have hit the limit of his uh, of his Wi-Fi. Yeah, people don't 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 skimp on the mattress. A hundred dollar, you don't have to buy a five thousand dollar mattress. I, you know, I have back problems. Uh, uh, well, I used to, you know, now my shoulder and everything else. 
yeah, I, I have a king's down. You know, it is. It, Sorry it, about. I apologize about that. Oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a really a beautiful um, mattress. It really is an amazing piece of equipment. That mattress. Yeah, I was just, I was just watching a video today on a company that makes. Uh, um, they have a, a, a. I think they it's a California king. They have a. Te- yep. They have a Texas king, and then they have like a Montana king, which. Wow. Is, which is like two Texas Kings, which is bigger than a California. And I'm like, that's what I need right there. I that need that. That's, that's a serious mattress. Yeah, that is a, that is, that is a serious, serious. I'm plugged back in now. I, um, a, a mattress, that, that, is a, that is, you know. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's luxury. You know, it's Red Meat Lovers Club is also in that world of luxury, like, uh, like anything that I pretty much enjoy. Um, and then our credit card, I have a new, you know, credit card processing company that's going to talk to the guys, you know. So I'm hoping to have like 40 guys there for my lunch tomorrow. Um, you know, I've done a, it got a little out of control when uh, I remember my wife came in to my house. We were having a men who lunch and uh, there, it had to be almost 100 guys. <laughs> in your house. In, in my in my kitchen and my family room, packed, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "This is just you know." We had I had sponsors sponsor my lunches, yeah. Like it was nuts. I was like, "This." So I, I, I for the last you know I did I started doing them at restaurants, um, just taking over lunch restaurants, and tomorrow is uh. <laughs> first one in a little while so I'm, I'm really excited about it yeah, you know you made uh, it big when when you have a sponsor for a lunch at your house you yeah. know? That, that's yeah. how you know you've kind of gotten big yeah. well my community like there was a time where it was there's so many cars on the street that cars couldn't go through like, <laughs> like the whole community came to like a stop and they came over my house for lunch, and then, you know, then like, you know, I remember like Warren Sapp was like drinking rosé from the bottle, and my wife walks in, and my brother-in-law from Staten Island walked in, not knowing like what's going on. He's like, "Why is Warren Sapp drinking rosé from the bottle in your backyard?" I said, "It's the Red Meat Lovers Club." You know? Hey, he's Warren Sapp. That he yeah, exactly. He could do whatever he wants. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that like, you know, it's all about coming together, you know, it's so important, you know, it's, it's such a, um, you know, that's the power of cigars, you know, like I tried my, like I am since I'm, I would definitely call myself now. I used to smoke literally every single day. Now I, since I don't smoke every single day. I appreciate cigars so much more than I do did, you know, and I also appreciate like, that's why I love the red meat lovers club cigar is for, you know, Saka has just, he just makes really to, this is the, this is my favorite word out of any cigar word, word to me. What's so important to me, consistent cigars. Yes. I will not, I have not smoked a Red Meat Lovers Club cigar 
that didn't taste like the one before it. That to me, so like, say I get to smoke at the most now once a week, right? I have to smoke something that I'm going to love because that's my once a week. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I am craving that stick. So, you know, I've, I always used to, you know, I was like a Padron guy. I was a, you know, I always had a soft spot and a love for Davidoff for many reasons. I think that that the way that they position themselves in the world is how I want the red meat lovers club to be positioned, which is luxury, consistency, quality, quality over money um, sort of thing. And, you know, they, they make really consistent cigars. Um, so I want, I want that in my life. And I really, you know, appreciate the cigars that I have had. You know, I'm really, you know, I've been really lucky with the Meat Lovers Club. I have the ability to get cigars now. So since I have that, I can give my cigars, you know, I can share the love more than I ever have, you know. And, you know, I've... I've given away now with the Meat Lovers Club, I'm sure, a couple thousand, you know, cigars, you know, over the last couple years. It feels really good, you know. I love stuffing cigars into people's pockets and then, like, searching for more pockets, you know, because the people that come to our club, you know, I want to share as much value in our events. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, our tickets are not cheap. Like, Davidoff's ticket is $195. I don't take that lightly. You know, I, I look at it as a responsibility that I have to produce a $250 event, you know, a $275 event for $195. So, you know, I take that upon myself. And the way that I can do that for some people is stuff in their pockets with stogies, you know, when the opportunity presents itself. Well, that, yeah. that you, you 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 go back. We go back to the Padrone thing. You know, uh, we we've bought tickets to a few of your events, and we it, it's like a, a really good like a Padrone cigar. You're going to spend twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars on a Padrone, dollars yeah. on a Padrone, because you're going to expect perf- perfection, and that's what you're going to. Yeah. You know, so we go to a Red Meat Lovers Club event. We spend two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, whatever it is. Yeah, we we spend that without even thinking about it because like a, a fine Padron cigar, um, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. You know, you're going to, you know, right. leave happy. You know, it's not like, well, this event was a hit. This event was a miss. Every single one of your events is a, is a hit. I, listen, I've had misses and you know, the, I've learned, you know, I still, I have like, it's weird. You know, I have like PTSD from like some of our events because, you know, I have, Sometimes when I swing for the fences, I mess it up. You know, like I I spent uh, I spent thirty six thousand dollars doing an event where I brought Katz's Deli down from New York City. They never left the island of Manhattan. I brought the owner down, five hundred and fifty pounds of pastrami, three of their top cutters. I had to get another caterer to like produce backup food because I knew that. Um, you know, you, can, you can't do an event for a pastrami sandwich and charge 150 bucks. Um, 
the event wasn't good, you know? Like, I couldn't, they couldn't slice the meat fast enough by hand. Everything was by hand, you know? Yeah. We didn't really, like, I didn't think that, like, 100 people would wait online at the same time. And, you know, at the end of the event, I was like, holy cow, that was absolutely awful. Yeah, but, but, but at the end of the day, you got Katz's Deli. No, I know I got Katz's Deli. You know, I've done – but I've also done big events where it was – you know, I had Bo Jackson, the football player, baseball player, God, come for Red Meat Lovers Club. We rented out Florida Atlantic Football Stadium and did a night of Bo Jackson, you know, cooking and eating his meat and seeing him doing a cooking demo. That was unbelievable, you know, like – there's just some events are great, some events aren't great, but I can tell you, like, I can look anyone in the eye and be like, it wasn't from a lack of, like, trying or caring that that's, this event wasn't great. You know, like, ticket sales is always hard, no matter what, you know. This Davidoff event, um, I won't say who, but like we sold like a VIP private room yesterday uh, that blew me away. Like, you know, I know that this Davidoff event is going to be a special one. You know, we, the prime rib battle, uh, I'm doing our national prime rib day at prime rib day.com. Uh, it's going to be a special one. You know, some things are just make more sense, you know, like, but, like, I also know, like, like the events we do outside of South Florida, I rely a little bit more heavy on restaurants versus, like, trying to really curate something in a space that's not normally. Because, you know, I can do what, I, I can do what my uh, imagination will come up with in South Florida. When I'm in New York City or Nashville, I'll, I'll try to – work with restaurants to do like weird off the menu type stuff, but it's in, normally in restaurants. Um, as I get more established in other cities, then I can try to do bigger and better, you know? Um, and I encourage everyone who's watching or will watch, like, you know, if you want a chapter of Red Meat Lovers Club, you know, I just tell people, I'm like, find me a great charity and find me like 70 guys. That to me is like the sweet spot of our dinners. Give me 70 guys and I'll create something that's like something you've never seen before. So we shall see, you know, like the future of the Red Meat Lovers Club, we have some really big stuff in store, you know, some cigar stuff coming up, some obviously with Steve and the next release of the Meat Lovers. You're wrong about the 500 too. I got news for you. I I I, I hope I hope I am. Yeah. I, I hope if I will I will. Abe loves these bets, but I will I will bet one of these Red Meat Lovers Club cigars versus one of your Meat Lovers cigars that I I definitely 500 would be. I think it's going to be more. I hope it's going to be more because, you know, the 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 cigars came in and people smoked them. My favorite line about the cigar was, "These will be used as currency if the apocalypse ever happens." <laughs> that was that made me giggle. Uh, but you know, I I like what I love about I love our price point. 
you know, I think 12 bucks is just, that's like, to me, like, that's what I like to spend on a cigar. If, you know, even though the ones I like some, you know, like the Davidoff's maybe a little bit more, I've been smoking obviously a lot of these um, because, you know, that's what my ego likes to say. You know, and it's $12, not only for a red meat lovers club, it's $12 for a Dunbarton cigar. Dunbarton. Dunmartin does not make inexpensive cigars. You know, you can go up to eighteen, twenty dollars for a cigar. So you're yeah. getting, you know, a, a twelve dollar Dunbarton cigar that is absolutely, yeah. absolutely fantastic. You know what I think? I think the secret to that price point is obviously Abe and Steve are really, obviously, really close and really good friends, and I think it's like a friendly price. You know, I really haven't really thought about it a lot, but like, to me, you know, I just, I think that there's just really good value. A lot, it's a lot of Steve's limited editions do come in at that price, um, and I think, I think that Steve just really, I told this to him once. You know, I posted this, like, comment. You know, I've chatted with Steve you know, just through obviously social media. And I said that like, there's, I think that they're like one of the most undervalued cigars, but you know, Steve is like, obviously he has his formula and he, he is all about making sure that, you know, his, you know, it shows in the, in the fanatic fanaticism. It's not even a word, but you can figure it out. Uh, in the, if you're a fan of Saka's cigars, you are uh, like a hardcore. Yeah, I'm obviously sensitive to it because I see a lot of soccer stuff, but you are passionate about the brand because he's so it like translates. You know, like you know, I've obviously you know I have a very you know dear relationship with Smoke In, but I can tell you, I have, you know, being in the restaurant world, I've seen hard work. What Abe does day in and day out, corresponding with so many people throughout the day, it just, he's just winning, you know, the world one comment at a time, you know. And I could, and I also know, and I'm really proud of, you know, the event coming up with Jeff. And I don't know Jeff as well, obviously, as Abe, but Jeff to me, I'm making generalizations, but he's his stores are so beautiful, and his stores, like his management team and everyone I've ever met that has worked there is so professional. Yep. Like it's just so inspiring. Of like, like I'm just so like a little bit like humbled and honored that I get to like associate Red Meat Lovers Club with these like amazing tobacconists that I've respected for years, you know, like I, I knew of Jeff and I knew of Abe before I moved to Florida, you know, and I was like, but I was just a fan of the cigar industry, you know, not cigar. Like, you know, I knew what I liked. I knew I loved smoking cigars, you know, and I never really wanted to like I, the nuances. I'm just a fan of the whole process of just relaxing and i always associate 
tobacco smoking and cigar smoking with relaxation you know like it to me it's just it's there's not a better hour in the day or in some people's cases eight hours in the day of yeah. just, you know having that having that time to savor um so we have some big events coming up yep um and you know, I think there's going to be just some really cool things that, you know, people, and again, anyone who requests, any of your people requesting to get into the Red Meat Lovers Club private group, I'm going to approve immediately today. Um, it's weird how many people I don't let in. Like, I'm like, this. if I get a sniff of fake or like, you know, a vegan trying to infiltrate, they're getting they're getting rejected immediately. Yeah, yeah. So, so everybody, the Red Meat Lovers Club has a, a private Facebook group. So you yeah, can- we have a, we have our Instagram. I put a lot more effort into our private Facebook group um, than sure. I do our Instagram. To me, Instagram is cool, but it doesn't get for me. I me, mean, I'm old, you know. But I don't, I can't per, portray my message as well. Like I want to put up like videos that are longer than a minute. Uh, I want to do Facebook lives that are longer than a minute or. Well, well, you got, you got Instagram, you got the IGTV. Yeah. Which is many of that. I don't know. Which, which in the next couple of years is going to give YouTube a run for its money. You know, I hope so. IGTV crazy, crazy numbers, you know, on IGTV people, you can upload a video up to 10 minutes and um, it, it's crazy. I'll, I'll upload a video on IG Instagram TV versus Facebook and have a hundred times the, um, the views and the uh, the interactions on the IGTV versus yeah. Facebook. Um, so definitely, definitely don't don't rule out Instagram. It is. It I is- am. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just yeah. like I'm like a. I know what I know. And, yeah. It, yes. You know, like it makes me happy. <laughs> I know what makes me happy, and you know, we'll see. You know, it's uh. It's now, now, have you gotten to try the FSG beef yet? I haven't tried any of the Florida sun-grown beef. Oh, I can walk. I haven't. And um, I, I, I I, sort of, like, invited myself to a tomahawk steak tasting that they just had, but I wasn't about to, you know, I wasn't able to get it to Orlando. Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, what I would like to do one day is do some event obviously at the farm and do like a whole animal sort of dinner. And we'll do that eventually once we can have like 300 people together. And uh, that's exciting. But no, I haven't. I was able, there's a bottle up there I got from, and I love how Jeff does you know, single barrel, you know, you can buy it in the mail with a bag of cigars. Like how great of a package is that? Yeah. (laughs) So I bought one of those recently and in there was a beautiful sampler bag of his deliciousness. So, um, I, I, I've been, uh, last year I was handed a couple of really beautiful cigars from their store exclusive to their store. Uh, I haven't had his beef stick, um, but 
Eventually I will. Maybe I'll do it uh, in a couple weeks. I don't even, are they out yet? Uh, I don't I'm, know. I, I don't think so. So, right. yeah. But, yeah, if you have an event at the farm, I love the farm. The yeah. farm it's a beautiful farm, you know, um, and, I, I, you know, to have an event out there would be absolutely um, fantastic. Then speaking of, of, of meats, what is your holy – do you have a holy grail of beef that, you're, that you've been searching for? Like you haven't – like you've heard about it? But you haven't had it yet? Yes. Um, my friend who I went to high school with, his name is Walter Affelbaum. He is a he is a celebrity butcher, if there ever was one. And he is the the guy at a place in Detroit, Michigan, called Prime Improper. He was the head butcher at Council Oak at the Hard Rock Tampa. Yep. And then he went back to um, Michigan. He's doing bone-in, bone-in Japanese meat. Bone-in Japanese meat up until very recently was illegal to import. So the, some of the stuff that he does is mind-boggling. Um, our friend Ronnie up in Michigan as well. Secreto, yeah. Yeah, is really good friends with the owner of Prime and Proper. And mark my words, mark my words, we will do an event in 20, maybe this year, maybe the beginning of next year, with Ronnie and Prime and Proper and Walter. There's just too many direct, direct correlations to me and the Red Meat Lovers Club that that dinner won't be absolutely insane. And, like, so we'll do, like, like for the Davidoff dinner on the 18th, I have two tickets. Well, I have three different types of tickets. One, I have the regular ticket, which is going to be amazing. Then I have a regular ticket, plus you can do an extra Japanese Wagyu steak. So you can have – we're going to do two steaks on one plate, one Japanese – one course of Wagyu of Japanese and Australian. You can have a compare and contrast there. And then I have, for like the people that are going to come up with me from South Florida, similar to the last three years' trips, it's going to be a day of just eating in multiple restaurants. Then we'll do Davidoff, and then we'll do a, a, a delicious breakfast. So we're going to do – it's like a meat lover's, you know, day in the life of. And uh, when we – two years ago we went – to this is this is what I like to do. We'll do a, a trip to New Orleans. We went with 16 guys, and we this is I, I can name them if you want, but we went to 14 restaurants in 30 about 34 hours. Like legit, we didn't stop. Sort of moments, uh, people were tapping out. Uh, we didn't let them tap out. It was like people in the corner. Meat sweats, uh, just shivering for not from alcohol, but just too much protein consumption. I, I've never been like a more proud father than, than seeing my friends, um, you know, do that. But we, I rented a cargo van, and you know, being obviously living in New Orleans for four years, we went to the all these restaurants that have been open a minimum of twenty years. You know, it was just the favorites of the favorites. And that's what we do. You know, we just do cool, cool. It's cool to me. You know, it may not be cool to some people, but just eating at just, you know, really 
legendary spots, you know, the best in class, and, and having a few cigars here and there. Right. You know, it's been a, it's been really a, a, an incredible journey of seeing how the club has progressed. You know, and if you're watching, open up a club at your in your city. You know, I want I want this to grow and have you know the philanthropy part really be you know a movement. It's already become a movement, but bigger. You know, there's there's no stopping us. Exactly. And then uh, uh, one last thing I'd like to talk about before before we let you go um, is uh, is your your latest endeavor. <laughs> Uh, uh, the commander's cold brew. Where did the uh, the, the cold brew come from? Uh, uh, thank you. Um, Commanderscoldbrew.com and Instagram at Commander's Cold Brew. Like, like you remind me of this too. You, you're like this also. Like you, I'm sure you're the type of person that isn't content just doing one thing. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's like you have. Uh, I think our minds are structured in the same way. Like to me. The more chaos, the more peaceful I am. The more things that are going on all around myself. Abe hates it. He, him, and I do not operate in the same in the same agenda. Of of you know he's a he's a detail guy. I'm like a, I'm all over the place, but somehow I try to figure it out at the end. Commander's cold brew. Being in the restaurant business for so long, I. I'm not a huge drinker, even though I like to have uh, an old McAllen when I'm talking to you. Um, but I've always loved coffee. And not only that, I've always loved selling coffee in the restaurants that I've owned and ran. So, like, at, there's nothing better to me than, like, a 3 o'clock pick-me-up of coffee. But, I, you know, sometimes I never wanted uh, hot coffee, but I wanted coffee. So I started making cold brew in all the restaurants I ran. It was like part of my signature stick of all the, the beverage programs that I ran. And I fell in love with making cold brew a long time ago. And I had the opportunity to finally source the coffee beans that I loved, which was Stumptown Coffee, which is based out of Brooklyn and Oregon. So... And the restaurant that I owned was like a mile and a half, maybe less, from the Red Hook Stumptown Brewery, uh, not brewery, roastery. And I just always loved Stumptown. I was able to source it, and I started making Commander's Cold Brew. The different uh, – and oh, wait, look. Look, behind my sign is my bun, you know, <laughs> uh, coffee uh, grinder. Uh, Commander's Cold Brew is concentrated, naturally concentrated. So when you go to like a coffee shop, normally you would get cold brew and they add water to it and you can drink it. We don't, that's how I normally dilute it with milk and cream. That's how I dilute my cold brew, but we sell it in concentrated form. It's like, straight from the spigot. And what's crazy about the cold brew is, um, you know, this is, I'm about to make a batch tomorrow. This is the Stumptown coffee we, we use. One 12-ounce bag is essentially one quart 
of cold brew. So you think about that's why cold brew is so expensive but concentrated. You have a whole bag of coffee in, uh, in 32 ounces of liquid. It is strong. It is um, – I, so I sell it to locally in my New Orleans form, which is like cream and confectionery sugar and vanilla and uh, flake sea salt. And uh, I also sell it like concentrated – it's a passion thing, you know. I learned that it doesn't – it costs so much money, as you know, to ship, like, liquid because, like, a quart in a mason jar is heavy and yeah. it's big. So it cost me almost as much to ship. Like, I was so excited for my first sale. I was like, I sold three quarts of, li- of coffee for $75. Isn't that amazing? Like, I'm, like, beating the world. I went to the post office to ship it. It cost me 56 bucks. Yeah. 75 with shipping. So uh, it is uh, it's expensive, but I, I love it. I'm going to have you take over for a second. I've got I've got someone at the door here. I'll All right. Up. So keep talking about the commander's call. I'm going to talk about Cigar Prop and why it's the best show in the world. So, uh, no, but I, I, do, I do sell coffee. It's like weird being myself, but uh, alone. Uh, but let's talk about our upcoming events. If you're in South Florida, March 26th, we're going golfing. Fairways in Filet. That's with uh, the charity partner in that is TBT Ballers, which is a nonprofit uh, down here. That's March 26th. It's a Friday. 200 bucks. You can find this all at rmlclub.com. That's all our, our events. And then our event coming up April 27th is Prime Rib Battle. That's at primeribday.com. That's going to be super special. And then um, don't tell this to anyone because it may not happen, but we may be doing a White Castle event because White Castle is coming to South Florida, not coming to North Florida or Orlando like any week now, and we're going to do a pop-up with them. So that is going to be epic. And then I'm sure we're going to pop in. Um, I'm working on, like, a couple other events. Uh, Kentucky Derby, Owensboro, uh, Owensboro, Kentucky, April 29th, which is a Thursday. Uh, looks like we're doing that. And then we're going to do some Nashville stuff with Luke Bryan um, at the end of October. Luke Bryan and the Red Meat Lovers Club partnered up in Nashville to celebrate his sister's foundation the Brett Boyer Foundation, and that will be um, towards the end of the year. And uh, are you a country music fan? Ken? I, I am. Not, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't mind country music. I don't. Right. See, I don't seek it out, but I know who yeah. Brian is. Yeah, I, I'm not a country music fan too. I'd, I'd probably rather do an event with Wu Tang, but yeah. um, <laughs> I'm going to do an event. I gotta. Uh, I'll, I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to do an event with Wu-Tang just because, oh, I, I want them, you know, and then, uh, you know, I think uh, whenever I see your uh, Drew Estate, you know, uh, uh, partnership, I always think of, I've seen so many interviews with Jonathan and uh, I just want to, I want to smoke a cigar with Jonathan Drew and listen to 36 Chambers. Like can you, I want to, I want to make that happen one day. Just to yeah, like, same, same here. I, I have not, I have yet to sit down with JD and smoke a cigar and listen to. Yeah. I want to listen to Wu Tang and 
and <laughs> eat cold pizza. I think it's going to be a, a good event. Yeah, I want to um, sit down with JD and listen to uh, um, some old uh, old school two live crew. You know, that would be good too. And uh, uh, what else would I want to do? I think I would want to. I got to do something with Sokka. That guy is just he, he. I just he just he entertains me. Like I've, he reminds me of so many people I used to know in New York City. Like he's just always like his unhappiness is his happiness. <laughs> I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you're the yeah, one. It's just great. I love it. I love the. I mean, the whole thing with the Abe coin, and how great was like. Look, just I mean, the great smoke, virtual Melanie, Cisco, uh, Kim, and Michael and Abe. To me, they did something that um, will be copied not by – I don't know if you can copy it in the cigar industry because they set the bar pretty high. But other industries that have to create that connection that aren't able to now, I think that's a re- it was a really great example of how you can overcome not having an um, a live event. Uh, talk about an epic fail. I try to do that with Saka and, and sending a dinner with like three cigars in the summer through FedEx. And we need to hit FedEx next day morning. I'm like, ah, oh, FedEx next day morning is going to cost like 200 bucks. Well, we'll sell it. We'll send it. It's probably frozen enough. Every single box that was sent. Every single one was worse looking than the next. Uh, it was just, it was just an an epic fail. But I wanted to try to do it. I was like, we're gonna try to do a cigar dinner, but in a box, and uh, did not work at all. But I learned, you know, we learned the lesson. Only do those in the winter, instead <laughs> of the places that are cold, and make sure that you you check the expensive FedEx box, which is. It's got to get there the next day because if it's not, it's going to be absolutely ruined. Oh yeah, you can't. Uh, the weekend. The, the pictures that I got the the next day, or no, some people didn't get their food for like five days, and they're like, I couldn't even open it. Oh. I was like, you got to open it and take out the the bag of cigars at least that were at least in a in a in a ziploc. Uh, and then I'm working on this other idea. You see this here? I got this little. Cuisinart grill. Yeah, I want I want I want every single person to have like every two people to have one of these in front of them at the table, and we're gonna serve all the meat raw, and you're gonna be able to grill at the table. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be really unsafe, but it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll. <laughs> You know, we'll we'll figure it out from there. So, so, are you a charcoal guy, propane guy? What is, what is your? Uh, there's a grill. There's two types of grill. One's called a beefer, and one's called an auto wild. They are high intensity, fifteen hundred degrees salamander. Okay. They bring a steakhouse experience to home. Uh, auto wild. I even actually have a code RML10. Go to it. It is. I used it on the Great Smoke. It is a stunning piece of German equipment, and the beefer is the same way. The beefer is a little bit bigger. You can do like four big old steaks on it, 
I, I love that thing, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm a cast iron guy. Oh, I, I, I had that on my list. Is, is he a cast iron guy? I'm a cast I am. The best $22 you can spend. Oh. Even better than a cigar. I hate to break it because a cast iron will last you for life. You buy him at Target, the 10-inch skillet. It's is, is 20 maybe went up to $24 by Lodge. Uh, it, it's an heirloom. I, it, it, it boggles my mind like how inexpensive and how much – I use it almost every single day for something, whether it be like scrambling eggs or heating up food. I'd rather heat up. I'd rather heat up food in a cast iron than I would in the microwave. So I find myself doing that a lot and it works, man. It is just so much. I like the flavor you get and I don't have to go outside. I'm somewhat lazy like that. Oh, so see for us, like I said, we have a a pretty good sized barbecue grill and at any one time there's like four cast iron skillets on my grill. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great griddle. You know, you can make a beautiful burger that way great slider you know you really and then you get the um i got recently like the like a it's made by lodge too it's like a burger weight if you will so it really pushes down on it okay and it creates a, a an incredible like um like a you know like a, a burger a really thin slidery smash burger that uh works out perfect and it's been uh, it's been great, you know. I like cast iron. My wife doesn't eat as much meat as I do, and I don't eat as much meat as the internet thinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just one of those funny things. Like, oh, you must be, you know, judging by your size, you must be eating ribeyes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was like, not really, you know. It it happens. It happens. It, it, exactly, and uh. So, so it's cool. And I'm definitely going to get some of your uh, cold brew and I've been meaning to order some because I actually have another YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, it's called the cold brew mechanic where I review what? what, and, and I, and I've been a little lax since cigar prop has really taken yeah. got all of these things. But yeah, I'm the cold brew mechanic. I actually have, like, that's crazy. I'll, I'll make you a deal. Yeah. I'll make a deal like in front of yeah. people. Uh, you send me one cigar. I don't want two cigars. I don't want eight cigars. You're going to get 12. I don't want 12 because I'm going to end up giving away 11. I want one cigar. Okay? Yep. And I will send you cold brew. But remember, though, with the cold brew, you must dilute it. Don't be all crazy and jacked up and jacked straight. It doesn't taste as good. Uh, Or you can dilute it with a lot of milk and cream. Uh I will send you cold brew, and it's uh, it's good. I, I I'm gonna make a batch tomorrow. You know, five pounds at a time, and yeah. five pounds equals like eleven quarts. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I, I I drink cold brew every day. You know, I make my own creamer out of you know sweetened condensed milk. Oh, that's the best. Oh, it it, it it's awesome. Uh, um. And I, sometimes I'll take the sweetened condensed milk, you know, you boil it for like an hour and then it turns into caramel, you know, and then you dilute that down with a little more milk. So you have a natural caramel creamer, which is. I've natural. never done that before. Oh, you never made a, uh, was it a cafe de leche? So no. yeah, I you made, I made Vietnamese coffee with okay. the 
Cafe Dumont, chicory coffee, and the condensed milk. Okay, yeah, you just take like cans of condensed milk, and sometimes I'll take like four or five cans and then put them in a crock pot and just let them cook for three, four, five hours, and it turns the the sweetened condensed milk into one hundred percent caramel. I I had no idea. I'll tell you though, when I work with uh, condensed milk, that last layer that's sticking to the can—that's when the spoon comes out. Yeah. It uh, it it's it's delicious, and that's so that's commanderscoldbrew.com. Yep, there's a link in the notes below. Oh yep. wow! And um, so yeah, you know, it's all about having fun and making sure that you know we're doing the right thing. You know, that's yeah, you know, and uh, you know, like I said, it's all about sponsors, and you know that it's. Yep. You know, it's it's just so important that you have people that believe in you, and uh, it, it's what drives me to being creative. You know, and having champions like we have a really good nucleus of Red Meat Lovers Club statesmen, and it's going to be. I'm really excited about the the future. You know, I, I'm already seeing it now. Like, you know, people are at least in South Florida. You know, like I had a friend of mine wait in line to, uh, yesterday and get, get a vaccination shot. Yeah. Like it's, it's going to start. And once it starts up again, I think there's a lot of pent up want to just be, go out, see friends, have that moment of normality that a lot of people have been missing. And it may take a year but once that year happens or once six months or once it's 18 months, whatever it is, whoo, it's going to be, it's going to be on fire. It really is. That, that, and, uh, it is. The last year it's really, you know, I, I've watched a lot of, you know, be, you know, really great people, you know, online. Like I've watched more cigar shows and, you know, I've learned a lot. I'll watch Melanie's show. I'll watch your show. I'll watch a bunch of other people. Fuente, you know, how, how did you watch back that Fuente interview by any chance at the great smoke? No, um, uh, I, I'm, I've got it on my computer, on, on my YouTube, on my computer. I'm, I'm going back little every day. You yeah. know, watch 20, 30. So to get eight hours is going to take me a month of, uh, of watching. I, I get that. It's going to take me 80 shits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but what I just I just was watching it yesterday, and once he you know he starts that was like the greatest sort of thing like those moments. That's what's so cool about the cigar industry is like there's just so much cool moments and there's like everyone's seems like they're more accessible now, you know like uh, you know for as much as COVID has wreaked havoc in the in the world. Right. For us, and I don't know on on other maybe other industries are like this as well, but for the cigar industry, it's really been you know, and I hate to use that word godsend, but you know because it, it it's been you know such a, a horrific time, but for the cigar community, man, you know it just just brought us all together. You know, Steve yeah. every day, you know, Fuente and A. All these guys, we've just we've never there's never been a time where we've had as much access. A hundred percent. Like I can't name it. Like if I tag um, 
the CEO of a company or the owner of a company, there's a good chance he's not tagging, you know, responding. Oh yeah. No, you know, like, and that's what's so cool about the cigar world is like, everyone seems like they're responding, you know, it just seems, it's just so cool about, um, the industry that we have chosen to like, you know, and the hobby that, uh, you know, we've chosen. I, I feel really blessed, you know, really, you know, it's like to my friends that don't smoke cigars, you know, I feel like I got like a little secret on them. Like it's really good over here. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm happier than you. Yeah, yeah I just, again, it, it's all about, you know, I, again, I, I'm sure a lot of people have been smoking too many cigars alone. Yeah. But I guess the power of the internet has somewhat cured that a little. Uh, but once it comes back, it's going to be, I don't, you know, in South Florida, uh, we're we're lucky that um, we live in a in a. I feel lucky that I live in a state that um, this is as political as I get. I live in a state where they let us make our own decisions on whether whether or not we want to, you know, we can do what we want. It's up to, uh, it's up to us to, to, you know, judge what, what chances or what things we, we want to take risk on. Exactly. Now, uh, do you have a couple minutes? Can we talk about one more thing? Of course. Um, cookies, Sammy D's cookies. (laughs) Oh my God. It's, that's just such a cool. I, I am a cookie fanatic and then when when evan had posted chocolate chip cookies and sea salt yeah people people you know hear chocolate salt two things that don't go together there aren't two things that go better together than so 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 are are the cookies still available can you talk about um i think let's i don't think they're available right now uh i did send out some today so what happened was um, I was really inspired by um, Barstool Sports um, Restaurant Fund that they've started, small business fund. You know, being in the restaurant business for so long, I know how hard it is, especially now. So I wanted to make a change. Um, back in December, um, one of my favorite charities is Selfless Love, which helps connect foster kids with forever parents. And I started off by, I got a box of Katz's Deli from Katz's Deli. Like they sent me like a, they just sent me a bunch of stuff. And I sold, you know, again, I live in a weird world where people spend money on weird stuff. Uh, There's a few people that have disposable income in Boca Raton. I, I sold Reuben sandwiches for a hundred dollars. <laughs> Katz's Deli, Reuben, a um, hundred dollar Katz's Reuben, but all the money was going to charity. Okay, so every penny you make a donation to Selfless Love, I will make you a Katz's Deli Reuben. That sold out in an hour. Like I had four of them, so that's four hundred bucks. Next day, I do. I have a Wagyu steak. I'm going to sell it 200 bucks, you know, sells. So I'm like, and then I do one more thing. 
I made oh, apple cobbler. I like baking. Secretary of bake. And uh, so I'm like, let's do something, me and my daughter. My daughter's common language with me is baking. She's a 12, she's 12 year old girl. And we don't see eye to eye on much. But what we do love to do together is bake. So I sold with her for $50 a dozen shipped. We sold 76 dozen. Wow. Bro. All day event. So 76 dozen cookies. And that equated to almost $4,000. All donated to selfless love. So the I called it this the December of deliciousness. Uh, we sold almost $4,000 worth of stuff uh, for selfless love. And then the next month, I was like, you know what? I'm on to something here. You know, I was like, oh, this may be, this may be a thing. The next month, I did it for Make-A-Wish because the Make-A-Wish Foundation was uh, our January um, charity partnership. And we sold um, almost $1,000 worth of cookies that we donated. And that partnered with our boxing event we did. We raised 8000 for Make-A-Wish in January. And uh, this month, I didn't push it as hard but we did Operation Barbecue Relief. And, um, yeah, that's what we basically did. Uh, we're going to take a little rest, and then we're going to start it up again. Um, I think it's just it's a lot of fun to, you know, come up with ways to raise money for a charity. Now, can I give you a, a suggestion on the cookies? So about two years ago, um, we had at a, at a local lounge, and, uh, and and sometimes they'll they'll pick like foods. You know, everybody has to bring something yeah. to do. So we had a bacon event. So whoever had the best, you yeah. know, bacon whatever dish. So my mom and I uh, baked uh, chocolate chip cookies with bacon. Now with your sexy, now with yeah. your sexy bacon that you make, yeah. In a ch- and then people like bacon and chocolate chip, it was amazing. Yeah. So, well, look, you're combining the, the greatest flavors in the world: sweet, salty, and fatty, all in the same bite. That's like you want to talk about the the, the secret to success of PF Chang's. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Sweet and salty and fat. Um. So yeah, sexy bacon I, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, well, I I can take no responsibility of anything sexy because we our caterer Jason Savino from Potions in Motion, his director of culinary is sexy chef uh, Justin D Simone, and uh, I will not ever take credit. Like it's hard for me to like. I don't really like taking any – I don't really like the meat stick, you know. Like, I, you know, obviously I didn't – it's all Sokka. It's all like Abe. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm happily lumped into that threesome, which is a sexy, sexy-ass threesome, uh, <laughs> which is an amazing visual on a, on a deserted beach. <laughs> um, you know, I cannot take credit. But what I do for the events is I do write the menu. 
uh, and they do all the heavy lifting. You know, I'm just like the, you know, spoiled spoiled kid in the corner. You know, kissing babies. But no, they they do a great job pushing emotion. They Justin makes the sexy bacon, which would make an amazing cookie. Yes, and uh, it's it's good, man. It's good. It's 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 a solid uh, obligation I've made with myself to make sure that everyone's well fed uh, within uh, a ten foot, you know, degrees of separation. Exactly. So, so Evan, we we definitely want to thank you co- for coming on, spending two hours of your Monday night with us. That's two hours on a Monday I've had in a really long time. It was a blast. And then uh, in the show notes to below, everybody uh, um, watching now, listening on the podcast in the future, everywhere where you can find the Red Meat Lovers Club, Instagram, the the Commander's Cold Brew, everything is in the links below. So definitely check it out. And then hopefully we'll have some some bacon chocolate chip cookies uh, coming up next. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, to get to work on that. So uh, are you going to be in Tampa on March 18th? No, that was a little bit too too short of a notice. So I'm, I'm yeah. going to be, like I said, I'll be in uh, Orlando at Jeff's store uh, this weekend, and then, um, like I said, I'm just not going to be able to. I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm I'm really trying to move, but there's one thing that I'm having a hard time moving around. So uh, if I, if I can, I will be there, but it's it's not looking good. Well, please, if you find yourself and you can, please come as my guest. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to feed you. So. And, and, and I love and I love being fed at your events, so they're always a, always a blast. So, and, uh, I, I we did we make the bet on the five hundred over under, or is that uh, uh, what, what 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 are we doing? Uh, well, you said five hundred. I'm going. I'll, I'll, I'll do. Uh, I'll give you seven hundred. Okay. Uh, in the two weeks, and um, I will. Uh, I'll send you. Um, I'm send. I need your address. I'm going to send you a call, bro. But I will send you a stunning, stunning, show-stopping piece of meat. Okay. And uh, it, you will send me if you lose one cigar. One. Okay. Cigar, not twelve. You'll get yeah. the package back to you if there's more than one cigar. Yeah, that that is a deal. Okay. So right on. Thank you, Evan, for coming Thank on. You know, appreciate it. All a right. lot of fun. You have a good night. You too, bud. Thanks. And uh, um, uh, before we move on, let's uh, hear a little word from our sp- sponsor, Corona Cigar. All right, what a, a fantastic, fantastic show! Um, next week, next Monday night, we're going to have um, a James Brown, a Black Label Trading Company, on the show, and we're also uh, going to pick the winner for the uh, the uh, the Corona Cigar New Air Humidor. You don't have to be live; you don't have to be watching to win. I'll do a live giveaway. I'll do the screen share thing, and we'll pick a uh, pick a winner. 
So if you haven't gotten in on that uh, that contest yet, definitely go over to, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, just go over to YouTube, if not Facebook, check out um, uh, the Corona Cigar New Air. You'll see the thumbnail we're giving away. It's about a $900 package. Um, so you're going to get a beautiful New Air 250 count humidor. My personal humidor, I've only had it for a couple months. They upgraded me to their new 800 count. So, uh, um, uh, so we're giving that away, uh, the 250 count with you know two boxes of wonderful corona um cigars so just definitely go watch that video you'll uh, um in the video you'll explain it'll explain how to win one thing i want to talk about real quick uh and, and if anybody knows um uh please like i said if any, we've got 47 people on please everybody stay on if, in case you're just watching for evan if anybody knows skip martin can you please tag skip martin maybe send him uh, this uh, um, uh, this show at the end here, we're at two minutes and 12 seconds when we start talking about Skip Martin. Um, it was recently brought to my attention that someone said, hey, what, what's your beef with Skip Skip Martin? I want, to, I want to tell the world right now, I don't have a beef with Skip Martin. Um, Skip Martin and I don't see eye to eye when it comes to politics. Um, like I said, he's got his view, I've got my view. Skip Martin has done great things for the cigar industry. Um, if you remember the uh, uh, the interview we did with Robert Holt, he really helped Robert Holt get the uh, the business started. Um, I don't have you know we did a video. I think what what the uh, the the problem was we did a video um, last year and it was uh, it was satirical. So I think some people took that as me hating on Skip, and it was just a funny video. I think the most people got the you know the the gist of the video which i was just teasing skip martin and that's what is done in the uh the industry but i don't have a problem with with skip martin i don't i don't like roma craft cigars they just don't fit my palate now it was brought to my attention that i did like two years ago say that roma craft makes garbage cigars i want to apologize publicly for saying that they don't make garbage cigars. Nobody makes garbage cigars. They don't make cigars that 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 I like that um, um, that suit my palate. So I apologize for saying that. But um, Skip, I say you, I, I I don't have a problem with you, Skip. Um, I think it's just a made up problem. Now I did say twice in different shows when asked about pete johnson pete johnson and, and and i am comfortable enough in my own sexuality as a man to say that pete johnson is the most handsome man in the cigar industry well he was matt booth matt booth's my boy matt booth we we bonded we've connect we've connected on a, a personal spiritual deep level so uh, um, matt booth is now my new man crush so i did say hey the most handsome man in the cigar industry pete johnson the least handsome man is skip martin that's all i've ever said about skip martin the least handsome man in the cigar industry i apologize if he took offense to that or if anybody that heard that they took offense to me saying that about skip martin um, I apologize. Skip Martin has done fantastic things. Skip Martin is also an asshole. Um, uh, with <laughs> worst apology ever, I'm gonna say it right now. Skip Martin can be mean. He can be a bully. Um, I've heard him say bad things. Um, but I don't know him. I don't know him as a person. I don't know him like Robert Holt looks up to Skip Martin. And right there, that is a um, 
Um, uh, if, if, if Robert Holt vouches for you, you're a good dude, period. We're going to leave it at that. We're going to squash any make-believe things in the industry that have been said by four people. Um, and those four people, I'm going to say this right now. Next time you say my fucking name um, on, uh, on your show that 12 people watch, you best put some respect on my name. I'm telling you right now. Put some respect on my name, um, and and that's it. We're going to leave it at that. You four people, you know who the fuck you are. Stop talking shit about me. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, worst apology ever. Skip, I don't have a problem with you. You're, you know, you, you've done a lot of good. So we're going to leave it at that. I don't have a problem with Skip Martin. 